What's going on, guys? Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, Clocks on the Stove. With us, your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, my co-host, Mr. Zachariah Watts. Today, our very special guest sitting down with us, my teammate, flyweight kickboxer, Mr. Julian Santini. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Julian, how how are you doing today? Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Um, Julian has a Valentine, but Zach and I are breaking personal world records of ours and 23 years. Technically, I think it's a 24th year, though, Zach, because we turned 24 this year. See, now, this is this is where it's weird because, like, does it count based off, like, how old you are? Because, like, technically, we didn't have our first Valentine's so we were one. No, no, so no, like- no, no, no. That's not true. I mean, I was born February 22nd, so I wasn't. Oh, so maybe I did, though, because, nah, but yeah, we the same seen... one. We the same one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either no, way, ever... it's either 23rd or 24th straight Valentine for Zach and I where we don't have a Valentine. So if anyone wants Do to that... reach out and send us some love. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know how it is for Grayson. I may just enjoy getting punched in the face more than I enjoy talking to women. That may just be me. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but you know, Valentine's Day is just a weird, weird event for everyone. I'd rather just give my Valentine's to my mother, show her I love her very much, you know, and I'll be all not spend four hundred dollars on a date. That's just me. Damn, that sounds uh, that sounds exactly like someone that gets no butt. What they would say. <laughs> but yeah, Julian, man, talk to us. Uh, we were talking before a little bit about you know your last fight was in September. Was that your first fight for Kaizen? No, that was my second fight for Kaizen. Um, all my fights are out of Kaizen. Um, yeah, every pretty much I trained almost all my time at Kaizen, except like a couple months when I trained back in my hometown, Rochester, New York. Yeah, what brought you from uh from New York to down here in Sunnyside, Tampa, Florida? Um, Rochester is just a kind of a depressing little little spot, kind of by Buffalo. And, um, yeah, I just wanted better, you know, so I just left by myself. But, came uh, down how long, how long ago was that? Was that right before your first fight you moved here? No, that was, um, that was about a year and a half ago. And then I took my first fight four months after I moved down. Now, how are you, you glad you made that decision down here? Yeah. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I would have never thought I would have been, would have been fighting or anything. It just kind of just happened. I just was like, um. I was kind of just sitting around. I was working and stuff, but, you know, I wanted to just do something. And um, Kaizen was literally like three minutes away from my from my house. So I kept driving by it every day, every day. And I was just like, one day I just stopped in and I was like, yeah, I'm never leaving here now. No way. And then uh, I kind of got real close with um, with Vince McGinnis. And um, he said, hey, do you want to um, fight and stuff? And kind of hopped in camp and kind of just went off there. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Story. yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, did you already have your mind made up about wanting to fight before you started training? Or it was kind of like Vince approached you with the idea and then you kind of switched to that more like, all right, I'm going to step into the ring. So, no, nah, I kind of never really thought I would have been fighting or anything. But when he told me, he was like, hey, do you want to fight? Like, I think you have potential. And I was like, yeah, let's let, let's go. Dude, what was what was that moment like? Like Vince coming up yeah. to you about fighting? Yeah, it it was kind of. I ain't gonna lie, I kind of, I kind of, it kind of got me going. It kind of because mm-hmm. I was kind of, I kind of didn't really have much, you know. 
So not much, like, like you know, didn't have much, you know, but like, I just felt like I wasn't doing much. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that would give me something to do, something to, some, something to give me drive. Something, yeah, something to, to chase, keep, something to chase. Yeah, I mean, just something to, something to just keep me, you know what I mean? 100%, yeah, it and, motivates you, bro. It gives you a hunger, like, and I think just, that's one reason why a lot of guys, like, even older guys we see that jump into MMA or, like, they start competing, like, uh, yeah. Dar- like Darwin, for example, like, you know, he's older and stuff. Like, when you have that drive, like, when you go into a fight camp and, like, like and you have all these fucking things in life, like, all these distractions and shit all the time, no matter what, when you're in fight camp, your number one priority is training that day for, to get ready to fight someone, you know? So it kind of, yeah. like, eases you a little bit in that aspect of, like, I can take a breath because no matter what I have to do today, no matter what's being thrown at me, this has this is the most important, you know? And I talk yeah. about that, too, like, with the, the calmness of chaos when you get into a fight, like when you go into the cage, like it's, it's, it's your peak confidence and peak old fuck at the same time. But it's also like so calm. Cause like yeah. every outside, like when you walk into that cage, every single outside stress in your entire life, anything that like, it's just on your mind all the time, anything at all, it's gone. <clears throat> your mind is blank. This is the only thing out of everything that matters for the next 10 minutes is this. And I think, training for it and like having that drive to to get there and like like having to win that fight i feel like that reignites like the chase for like other things in life for people you know <clears throat> just to recap off uh what i was saying it gives you a chase it gives you a drive you know and like a lot of people they play sports their whole lives don't go to play collegiate don't do something after and then they don't have that drive and like their work or like in their love life they lose the drive of to chase because i feel like there's no like end goal anymore and I feel like when you fight again, or even if you get into any sport, you know, I'm huge on people playing sports in general, you get that drive again. You learn how to chase something. And it shows in every aspect of your life, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it was funny because Grayson brought up, like, some of the older guys, like Darwick, uh, who have been there for a while. And it was funny because my first practice at Kaizen was a Muay Thai practice, and I my assumption going there was Grayson was gonna be like, oh yeah, we're gonna work together, we're gonna have a good time. Grayson just doesn't partner with me, just throws me to the wolves out there, and I'm like, okay, like this should be fine. Dark was in the middle of a fight camp, and I did not know this, and I had never really held mitts before. Dude, this man gave me the biggest hematomas on my forearms. I was like, he, I was like, I just fractured both my arms in my first practice. I was like, this, this is my welcoming into Kaizen. But if you see we, him, you see him on the street, and you're never gonna be like. This guy's gonna whoop my ass. <laughs> yeah, he had these little glasses on. He yeah, like yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's such a nice guy. But the reason why why I bring that up is like because my first practice was kind of like a rough initiation in like Kaizen. I was kind of curious what your first practice was like with Vince with Kaizen. What were kind of like your thoughts heading into it, and how do you feel now that you've spent some time with the guys? So Kaizen for me. um, my um when I first walked in um it was really cool everybody kind of welcomed me with open arms and stuff everybody said hi and stuff um my first practice what was my first practice um I think my first practice was just a regular bang Muay Thai practice and um I think the next day it was like a sparring day and I told I told Vince I asked Vince if I can spar and he let me spar and um I was going my second, second day, day. I, I, yeah, my <laughs> second day, and um, it was like, yeah, if you really want to, but like the classes were really small, like the classes weren't like weren't weren't like this, 
and it was like it was like more it was like it was like more smaller more smaller guys you know and i think darwick was like the only bigger one and i think um ron williams um they call him rj and um, i think he was in fight camp for i think his first fight or second fight and um i don't know i think like the third round i went with him and um yeah he put it on me and yeah it wasn't it wasn't good it was the first so time you like, felt getting your ass beat. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. These are these Florida boys down here. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like when people are like, yeah, like uh, I see red or like, dude, like I can't, get, I've been in fights, like I could take that shit. It's like, no, you know, uh, that, yeah. that is the shit that you need right there. Humbling. Yeah, very, that's when you like, go, you get out of practice. You sit in your car. You don't drive. You don't turn it on. You sit there in dead silence, and you're just thinking about life. Yeah. You're just like, is this my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do on this earth? Like, you're just fucking like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, that's how I was. That, that's what I was doing my first my first fight camp. And um, like coach would tell me like, you got to go hard. Like this isn't like you can sit here and, and and touch play. Like go act like this is a real fight, you know. And um, I remember like my first couple times actually getting popped you know, like actually getting popped. And there's like a difference from, from just like, just regular training and just playing around sparring and like actually like in camp and in, in that, in that zone. And it's a, it's a different type of feeling. It's a different, it's a different type of, it's so different, you know, only a, only a person that been like, that did it, what kind of, what kind of know, you know, it's like real, it's real as fuck. It's real. And it's like, it's such a it's such a drug like that and adrenaline is like it's it's that's the best feeling in the world yeah 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 they talk about it um in other sports like they say you know your first football practice will let you know if you're a basketball player or not because like you yeah. in a sense like for a fighter you have to love it like you have to love getting hit or like you like you have to yeah. be built different because like yeah there's there's no one that just like gets punched and like, oh yeah, I, I would like, I wouldn't mind dealing with this. It's like, nah, you no, gotta like. There's there's a couple crazy fuckers that, that <laughs> actually are like that though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the things you touched on is, um, you said practices now aren't anything like they were from the beginning. Can you just talk about kind of the growth of Kaizen? Maybe not just from your own standpoint, but kind of like the training environment. Because from when I went there or started going there, there was even a growth from the new year. Like I saw like five, ten more faces coming yeah. coming there that I hadn't seen before. What has it been like just watching not only yourself grow, but your camp grow as well? So the thing, none of the classes have actually changed. Like Vince McGinnis is like, he's so, he's so high level that like the classes, the, I don't, I don't feel like the classes will ever be like lower level than like any other gym. But like, I feel like we're one of the most growing gyms probably that's going to be out of Tampa, Florida. 110 percent and i felt like that was that's happened yeah like the last i've been there for a year and a half and like tie pad thursday we would literally have especially like when i was going we would literally have some days it would be 20 people but like some days it would be 12 12 people sometimes well, you dude, know? he said last thursday he was thinking about getting rid of the class yeah and then and there was I, maybe 50 people there Look how many's in there. Classes got like five times, ten times more space now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just tells you like how. I just this just tells you how high things are moving, and 
I can't wait to see it in the next five years. What do you think? Uh, what do you think it was that sparked that? I mean, obviously, Vince is a bang Muay Thai black belt and boss Ruben. That's pretty fucking legit. Alon was in the UFC, um, but like, I, I think the social media presence they do is fucking spectacular, and it's literally yeah. what you do to grow a business. Um, but what what do you think from like what you saw that like spiked that growth? I feel like the vibe. I feel like anybody that walks in Kaizen feels that vibe, you know. And wants to be in there, wants to stay in there. I feel like anybody that that talks to Vince, you know, or anybody that like tries to reach out and tries to get a training, and when they actually come, I feel like they almost. If five people come, three of them don't leave. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so good, and I feel like that's more because everybody that's in there, everybody's so welcoming and just like, hey, do you want a partner? Hey, do you want to team up? Girls, yeah. older men. You know, anybody that walks in there, it's it's so welcoming. Yeah. That's one thing I try to uh, I try to tell people, like, all my friends will, like, dude, I want to train so bad. I want to train so bad. And then when it's the time to pull up, like, I'll tell them, come to this class. I'll work with you. They shit their pants because they think, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go into an MMA gym and all these people are just going to beat the shit out of me. And I don't really know what I'm doing, you know. But it's not yeah. like that at all. Like, at yeah. Kaizen, dude, you could be a girl. You could be an older gentleman. You could be an older woman. You could be a brand new kid that's like 16 in high school. You could be a professional MMA fighter. And all five of those people can take the exact same class and all get something great out of it. That's exactly. what's different. You know what I mean? Like you can go at your own pace. He'll add things in for the fighters. He'll, then he'll go over to the other people, show them more basic stuff. Like everyone can yep. do the same shit and, and all be in the same class. Exactly. Yeah. I, think, I think another thing that's good to point out is like you don't want to like instill the wrong idea of people saying like, Oh, like you're not going to go in there and get your ass kicked. Like in a sense, you are going to have to work hard. Like you're going to have to get knocked down, humbled in some way or another, just because like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And like Vince tries to ensure he's pushing you to be the best that you can possibly be at any given moment. And that it doesn't matter like what level of fighter you are. Like Grayson was saying, like I've seen guys go in there and we did the exact same workout. And I felt like they got 10 times more out of me. Like I remember when, your boy Dom came in, Grayson, like literally two weeks after I came in there. And he asked me, he's like, so like what, you've been in here for like two, three months? And I was like, no. I was like, Vince is just a great teacher. Like he knows how to like catch you on properly. Cause you know, at first I was kind of like, not deterred from the idea, but the fact that we would work like Holland one and Holland two, like for two weeks in a row, I'd be like, oh, we're not really learning anything. But like the repetition is probably more important than anything. Like in my opinion, yeah. I loved just drilling repetition like make it feel like second nature and i feel like some of the other yeah there's there's like the first week you're like this shit sucks and you're like thinking about it too much and then that second week it's just yeah and then the third week he shows this is why we've been doing this and then adds the next part and you're like oh my you see like his how his brain's thinking you know yeah and it's an it's insane to think like because you say came came out of boz root and like some of the guys he's gone up against like he's seen the best of the best. So like, there's nothing he hasn't seen that he can't show us. Cause he's at a teaching standpoint. It's not like he like needs to like try to fix anything in like reference to like himself. He's completely open to any type of fighter. Like the type of way that Grayson fights is nowhere near the same that you fight Julian. Like, but yet he still works with y'all and gets y'all to where y'all need to be uh, as fighters per se. Yeah, that's another thing since we're on uh, the Vince Dick ride train right now. <laughs> I think the other thing that's really good about him is he doesn't force a style. When I was at ATT, he, Gar- Garcia didn't know wrestling, so he didn't want you to be a wrestler. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's like, oh, I can't teach, blah, blah, blah. When I came to Vince it, and I, did my, I started doing camp with him, it was all wrestling associated. 
Then the same exact camp at the same time with Ryan, strictly wrestling defense. So, like, we're completely different fighters running a camp at the same exact time, and he's focusing on what works for us. He's not like, look, Grayson, you're at a Muay Thai gym now. I'm going to need you to fight long. No, he's like, you're a short, stocky boxer with an amazing double leg. He goes, we're going to pressure, 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 and shut that shit down. You know, and then with Ryan, he's like, we're going to yeah. extend. We're going to keep distance. We're going to stay long. So, like, how he can adapt to that is just so crazy. And he's like the exact opposite of me. Like, I'm short and stocky. This motherfucker is like 6'3". Like, looks like a fucking like bird. The... Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But enough of the training aspect. I kind of want to get into your thoughts, Julian, about your first fight. Because, you know, you really – everyone has a game plan until they get punched in the face. What was it like? your preparation up for your first fight camp? What was it like walking out to the octagon or the ring? Um, just kind of give us your walkthrough, taking us back to your first fight. Who was it for? What organization? Uh, Combat Night. Combat Night. Yeah, so my um, my first fight was uh, was against a guy who had um, four fights or three fights. And um, that was my first, my, my first kickboxing fight, but he was an MMA fight. He was an MMA fighter. Oh, so it was his first kickboxing fight too? Yeah, he was taking his first kickboxing fight. So um, and he already fought he he already fought somebody from Kaizen Stevo, from one twenty five in an MMA fight too, but Stevo won, and um, <clears throat> so um, we was in camp for about for about a good month, a solid month, maybe a month and a half, and um, yeah, the um, the fight night was um, it was so cool. I was so relaxed and was just it so yeah, it was in Orlando. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just so surreal. Like, the walkout, it was just all, like, just tunnel vision, like, just, mm-hmm. I wasn't nervous. I was, like, I was so relaxed. During, during when, when he was wrapping my hands, and I was like, damn, like, it's really about to happen. Like, it's really about to happen, my first fight, like, and, 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 and to be on combat night, like, those things are so, they're so, they're so kind of professional yeah professional and they're like they're loud like it feels like you're in a you're in a real real ufc fight you know mm-hmm. people are getting knocked out people are you know what i mean and yeah it was it was, it was crazy you know and you could hear everything the crowd you could hear every every time somebody gets hit the crowd's going crazy everybody's yeah. yelling you're right up, you're right up top and you can hear everything while your hands are getting wrapped. So it was, it was, it was a feeling you can't describe, but <laughs> yeah. How was, uh, how was going through warmups with Vince? How were you feeling during your warmups and stuff? I was sharp. I was so sharp and I felt it. I, I felt it. I felt like nobody could, you know? Mm-hmm. How'd the fight, going, the fight go? The fight went good. I felt like I won. I won all three rounds. Um, when uh, first round when we first started, um, uh, I don't know. I threw a teat, but I kind of slipped, you know, and uh, I fell on the ground. And I was like, "Damn, dude, this might not be good," you know. Like my confidence, <laughs> kind of, my confidence kind of shrunk from like a ten to like a like a seven point five, you know. Yeah. And um, so I got back up, and um, I'm like, "Damn, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing." And um, he 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 was a strong. He was a short, but he he was he was fucking huge. He his arms were huge, and so I kind of knew that. You know, I kind of got to stay a little taller, and you know what I mean. So um, 
when I fall, we, we start back up and he comes in with a mean cross and he hits me. Boom. And I was like, damn, this isn't good. This isn't good. And, um, like five seconds go by and they're staring. I'm like, man, let's just go. And, um, I just, I just went in and, um, I remember like everything kind of went black, you know, as soon as it kind of, I just stopped thinking, everything kind of just started just going. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know what's crazy? And I was t- I was telling um, my friends when I was watching the fight this past weekend with them. When, when you're, like, in camp or, like, you're watching high-level guys, like, practice and stuff, you're like, oh, my God, like, I have to be pinpoint technical, like, like boom, boom, every mo- motion, every movement. And then when you get into the fight, it's, like, I-, I wouldn't say sloppier. I would just say it's not as, like, sharp as you think it is. Yeah. Like, you can kind of brawl a little more, you know? Like, like I was thinking, like, dude, if my takedown's not perfect, if every punch isn't thrown perfectly, my head movement, like, like I have to be crisp. It's it's kind of a little uglier when you get in there, you know? Yeah. Like, it's sure. kind of more of a of a fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, Julian, in between – is the break in between rounds the same as it is for MMA? It's yeah, it's one minute. Yeah, yeah. one minute. What a – what was Vince kind of like walking through? What was he kind of telling you in your first fight? Cause you know, I would, in my mind, at least I would think that he's not trying to get too technical with you, like trying to like make you think about certain things. So was he just trying to get you to calm down? Like what, what was his kind of like emphasis to you in between rounds? Um, he usually, he usually does, um, he usually will back up. He wouldn't say anything for about like, for about like 20 seconds. He would just tell you to breathe, just take deep breaths and stuff. Take deep breaths. And um, then he would start going. Then he would start going, and motherfucker, don't let this guy run the line. You know, motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> tell that motherfucker what's up, motherfucker. You know, but um, funny one. Um, so my first fight during back the second round, um, I was kind of rolling. You know, second round I was kind of rolling, and um, I went back uh to Vince, and I felt like I had to throw up. Like I, m- my adrenaline was, you know, my adrenaline yeah. was so was so crazy. I felt like I had to throw up and I'm like, I'm like there and I'm like, I'm like, damn coach, I feel like I got to throw up. He was like, don't throw up motherfucker. Don't throw up motherfucker. And the alarm grabbed me. Like he like grabbed me by my arm and he was like, kind of pushed me back. And he was like, if you throw up, they're going to disqualify you. He like, just breathe, just breathe. So I kind of just sat back and I'm, I'm breathing there. I'm breathing there. And, um, I had about like 30 or 20 seconds left just to just sit there and just breathe. And, um, Third round came and I was I was I was that good, but that was probably the most. God, crazy imagine moment. if you would have lost because you fucking threw up. Yes, sir. Oh my god, that would have been bad. That would have been so bad. Yeah, dude, I love when like when Vince does like I, I don't know. At least for me, he never really like has to like hype me up or do anything because I'm a pretty fucking let's go get it kind of guy. And I yeah. remember after I lost my fight, <clears throat> there was a couple times in camp like during a weight cut or like. I had a really shitty day of practice. He'd light a fire under my ass, but usually he didn't really have to. And then I remember after the fight I lost, I remember going up there and I apologized to him. And I was like, I'm so fucking sorry. He's like, what are you sorry for? I was like, I lost. Like, I fought like shit. He goes, dude, that was one of the most high-level amateur MMA fights I've ever seen. He's like, you fought fucking fine. You made one little mistake. I think you took a fight against a good kid too fast because you were eager, but I think you're fine. Let's fucking get back into training. And I was like, yeah. I was like, don't lie to me, bro. Like, actually. And Alon was like, he would literally have thrown his corner shit against the wall and cussed you out if he thought you fought like a bitch and i was like all right that's a little more it's a little more <laughs> helping you know <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah uh julian so 
I know you're mainly in kickboxing. Have you worked with any of the other coaches that are there at Kaizen so far? Or is it mainly just working with Vince and chilling with the guys? Oh no, I, I worked with I worked with every coach in there. No, I do I, I do a little wrestling. I do yeah, a little wrestling. Yeah, a little but, bit. Um, I I gotta get there. I, I gotta get there before I can before I can start. You know, really wrestling in in, in a real fight. You train with Brandon too, like probably the same amount of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, can you – I've only worked with Brandon. I mean, I've sparred Brandon a fuck ton of times. He beats yeah. my ass. But who what, – what what's, like, the difference when, when Vince – like, how Vince works and how Brandon works, like, their styles and stuff? So, Brandon's – so, Brandon's more of a traditional Muay Thai. Like, Brandon's going to – Brandon's going to stay long and keep you and try to find his way in and try to try to cut you with his elbow and knee you to death, you know? Mm-hmm. And Vince is gonna sit there and and play his game and sit there and counter you and sit there and, and and just poke you with his long jab and sit there and and just be so flow and he like you have you ever seen like his um have you ever sparred with Vince Vince sometimes he would spar I've like, seen some, him spar I saw him spar J Mac in camp I've never sparred yeah. him though. and um so fluent but they definitely have some different styles but but not a negative way though like they're they're no. both great styles yeah because they both kind of brandon kind of still takes kind of kind of vince's things and he still he, he still works with them he mm-hmm. just kind of just puts them in just in his little way and that's kind of the he great adapts thing them. yeah he adapts them. Yeah. yeah like brandon is like when i think of vince i think of more of like we're going to pick him apart and work. And with yeah. Brandon, it's like, we're going to kill him with our first strike. Like that's yeah. the way, like it's like violent. Brandon is violent as fuck. So is Vince. I'm not knocking it. It's just like, yeah. like you said, it's more traditional. Like he's in there. I'm going to chop your legs until you can't walk. And I'm going to elbow your head until your skull's broken. Mm-hmm. Where Vince is like, we're going to counter everything you throw to the point you don't want to throw anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I can see that now let's go. So you win that fight. You chill for a little bit. You go into your next fight. Let's talk about that. What was it like now having a fight under your belt, having a fight camp under your belt, you know, getting, seeing how it works and stuff rather than going into it, you know, completely with zero? So, um, yeah, my second fight, um, I took it a few months after my first one. I think two, three months after or somewhere around there. And, um, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of working. I kind of started working a lot and stuff and, yeah, and um, my second fight, um, it was a good fight. You know, we kind of went back and forth. Kind of felt like I did a little bit more. But um, they say he won on points. That he won on points and stuff. So was it was a, a good fight. Or unanimous. It was a split. Damn. Yeah, but was he I a cool guy at least? Like he wasn't. Like yeah, asshole. he was. Really, he was a really cool guy. He kind of had. He kind of had some pop in his punch, but. I felt like he didn't shot. really do anything. No. He kicked me in my leg a few more times than I did. And I guess that's what you got me You didn't do no fight. damage, no shine or nothing? No, I, I, I need him. I need him in his stomach that they called it a low blow. But it wasn't a low blow. It was right there. And this happened in both my fights. Both my fights. Like, For real? I need I need them so so perfectly, and they and and they try to say that it was a nut shot, or they go down. He literally went down, like oh, I seen it in his face, and he went down, and the ref was like low blow, and I was like, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. I heard coach say, no, it wasn't. And um, yeah, um, I think I had like, I think like ten seconds, 
the second round and I try to pour it on him. And the third round came. I I try to let I I try to try to let everything go, you know. And still still kinda went in his favor. But I've yet to go to the third round, so I don't know yeah. what that the whole fight I didn't I didn't take not one step step backwards that whole fight. Damn. The whole fight. Yeah. Yeah, after my first fight <clears throat> I remember I went in, the first fight's only if I, I didn't, it didn't end in the first. But I remember going out there, this kid was tall as fuck. I knew literally not a fucking thing about the kid I was fighting until weigh-ins. So I, I go up there and he's like a 6'1", like light-skinned kid. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? So we go in there and I'm frozen. Like I'm at the end about to do my walkout. I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't see. It was like, I, I, it was like I wasn't there. I was frozen. I was just like, oh my God. We go out there, we go into the cage. I'm frozen. I'm just like, and they're like, you ready? You ready? Let's go. And I just stood there. I didn't move. I didn't move at all. I didn't take a step. I just stood there like this. And he's like walking up to me. He throws like four front kicks. None of them hit. And I say, fuck it. I just dive for a double. I don't set it up or nothing. I just dive for a double. He steps back and I catch up with a low single, like horrible low single. If he had any somewhat defense at all, I would have eaten an uppercut from hell. Like it was a terrible shot. I take him down and then I just destroy him. And we go back into the corner, and Mahmoud looks at me. He goes, we're not going to talk about how shitty of a shot that was. We'll talk about it after the fight. And then he goes into the game plan for the round. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was fucking bad. <laughs> oh, God. But Vince doesn't You're... let you sit in the corner, right? No. You have to stand. Got you. Yeah. Does he say why that is? Is there, like, a tactical advantage or – to that, or is he just uh, trying to get you to, like, not? He said to get you lazy for this next round. Fair that enough. makes sense, yeah. I also heard it, uh, it's bad for your bloods and your legs. If they're if the blood's moving, keep them moving. Don't don't cold them and then get them hot again. Also, yeah. I feel like it's a mental thing, you know? Like, if I'm gassed, yeah, I looked over, if I looked over in my corner and he's fucking standing, you're like, fuck. Yeah, you're, you're probably... Who's fighters that do that? Khabib never sat, I don't think. Did he? I, a few times, but the coldest, the coldest ever is that Izzy kickboxing one. Have you guys seen that? What against who? I don't know, but he's kickboxing. If y'all haven't seen this, bro, you're gonna need to look it up right now. He's kickboxing. Oh, he yeah, he's kickboxing some dude. The round ends. He walks over to his corner and then turns around and just stands in a stance. Doesn't get water. His coaches don't come in. He just stands there waiting to fight instantly and just stands there for one minute and then goes back and kicks his ass. So yeah, cool, dude. Who wait, who was it between uh Max Holloway and someone else where like they both was it Max where like they started to go back to the corners, then Max turned around, he's like, It was Max and go? Dustin. It was Max and yeah. Dustin. No, it was yeah, Dustin they, that initiated it. Yeah, Dustin was stood fucking... up and there was still like fifteen seconds left and he was like, Fuck this round five, let's go. And Max was like, Yup, and he pushed his coaches away. Yeah. Oh my god. Or him and See, Ricardo just... Lamas, where they're like the ten second clock goes off and he goes this and he's like, Yeah, sure. They start going <laughs> fucking nukes. <laughs> Uh, see, I, I don't know how in your mind you just, like, agree. Like, yeah, this whole game plan that I had going into it, fuck it, last 10 seconds. We're just going to toss it all out the window. Just... No, that's hard, bro. What? I would way rather no, do that no, than I res- do this for the last 10. Just fuck it. I mean, right. I respect it. I just don't know how mentally you could just, like – because, dude, you get knocked out there. You could be dude, one of the whole fight. <laughs> if you went 14 minutes and they landed and didn't knock you out, they're not going to knock you out. In this, at least at our size. At least at our size. They're not going to just knock you out right there. I mean, tell that to Yair when he – reverse elbowed uh 
what's his face? Yeah, but I'm not gonna eat a reverse <laughs> elbow, Zach. Did you guys see that Yair fight this this past week? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, we might as well just get into some of the recent MMA news. Dude, I just um, caught the meanest fucking cramp in my hamstring. Yeah, maybe maybe you should stand up for the rest of the pod. Oh I think, my gosh. Yeah, I think Vince would tell you to stand for the rest of the pod. But anyway, um, speaking of Yair, um, I gotta admit, I low key disrespected this man. I thought Josh Emmett had the power to get it done. I thought I Josh Emmett was gonna win too, bro. Yeah, First bro, round, Yair. he caught him. I'm away. Dude, oh, yeah. Most. What I don't, what I don't get is, I mean, I, I, what I don't get that fight shows you how fucking good Holloway is, which shows you how good Volk is. You know what I mean? Because Max, Max, they went five rounds, but Max whooped up on Yair. Yair got the first one from him, but he, he whooped up on him. And then to see Yair just completely yeah. not take any damage at all. Like, no, I don't think a single strike landed clean on him. I think he rolled everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it just shows. And then for Volk to do what he did to Max in their third fight, as much as it hurts me, like, it just shows the fucking level of him. That one hurt me, too, because I felt like Volk, Volk won the first one, but that second fight was, was all Max. All Max. Yeah. You know? And then for just Volk to just dominate in the third fight, like how he did. 50 45 in him, like, dude. Yeah. Like, I, oh, my man. But his next fight with this, um, who is that guy he's batting? Arnold Allen. Allen? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a clean fight. Yeah, but fight. I think Arnold, he's a, what, he's a wrestler kind of, right? He's like a brawler. He's just like one of those, like, throw everything at you. Yeah. Max going to eat him. I hope yeah, so. I think, I think it's one of those fights, too, where this is like an up-and-coming prospect, and they're, like, yeah. gassing him up heavy, but Max is going to show his veteranism on him. And, and I'm yeah. tired of people, like, well, Max's chin, what if this is the one? Bro, it's been like that for six fights straight. He, Volk couldn't even fucking knock him out. Right. Like, Yeah. I was talking to this with Grayson uh, earlier because I saw the video yesterday of Arnold Allen being like, yeah, it's only a matter of time before that chin's compromised. I'm like, dude, if you're going into a fight banking on a fighter being less than the man you think he is, he's probably going to beat your fucking a ass. A former world champion, not any yes. fighter. Yeah, just – I, I will never understand why fighters just go into certain fights thinking that, like, a guy isn't going to be who he used to be or is going to be, like, a weaker version of himself. Like, number one, I just don't – I don't think that's good on your part. You should want a guy at his best at any given day to kind of, like, test yourself. But then again, like, dude, even – if you game plan him being worse than what you think he is, he's going to surprise you in the worst way possible. Like, he's going to start your shit, and I don't think Max is – shown any signs of, like, slowing down in any of his recent fights either. So, like, yeah, he didn't have a great fight against Volk, but in my opinion, I thought that was more... I thought Max tried to adjust to Volk, and Volk just game-planned around Max. So, like, Max tried to learn from what he did wrong in fight number two, but Volk came out completely different in the third I fight. I also think the cut really fucked Max's game plan. Because he got the cut in the beginning of the second round, and it just got yeah. bigger and more bloody. Max didn't... Game style the whole fight. He yeah. kept the same type of pace, the same type of style, and didn't change anything at all. Yeah. And <sighs> it hurts dude. so much. Yeah. Because yeah. all these Volk fans, and like our, our, our roommate Ryan is a Volk fan, and it's just like, ah, oh, dude, it's it's just like you, you could argue the first two to the death, but that third one, like, he whooped his ass. Yeah. But like Volk, he, he's such a nice dude too, and I really I really like Volk too. But I'll tell you one guy that 
that that really hurt me in the last month that fought um my dude Bryce Mitchell, my flat earther, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm just saying, you dude, know? He, all right, can we agree on something real quick? Can we? If we're going to talk about Bryce Mitchell, can we agree that the sick thing is bullshit? Like, he just got dogged? Yeah. yeah. I, I, Ilya, yo, that, that dude, Ilya, whatever, Tephoria, yo, dude's a dog. He's good as fuck. I don't know why his name's not being tossed around for another fight soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, the fight, the fight to be made is, is probably, uh, Ilya versus, who, what does he fight at again? 55, right? I'm sorry. 45 and 55. 45 and 55. Yeah. I don't know that. He did. name, bro? He did drop a tweet yesterday. Um, fuck. I want to say I think you got to do him and Patty. That's who I was thinking. Who yeah. him or him or like Sugar or something? But I don't think yeah, Sugar is way too small. Sugar, he would maul Sugar. Mm. Yeah, he's probably. good, dude. And he plays the heel really well. Like he plays the bad guy really well. Yeah. What weight are they? They're fifty five, right? They're but no, he's forty five and fifty five. But he's I think he's trying to chase the forty five title, not the fifty five. Yeah, cause I'm not seeing. His he's ranked name. at forty five. Yeah, no, he's ranked number nine right now. Damn, he's thirteen or now. No, he's good as fuck. Yeah, and even if Bryce make... Mitchell. What's up? Can I go get my charger real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're talking yeah. about uh oh, you got something that you want some words, Zach? Well, yeah, I was just doing some research since we were on the topic of Ilya Tapuria and some of, I guess, potential matchups in the division. Um, he's only two spots ahead of Bryce, surprisingly. But if we want to look at guys above him, uh, Giga Chikotsky, Calvin Cater, uh, Chan Sung Jun, and then Josh Emmett, that's five through eight right there. Emmett's not going to take it. Obviously not. Yeah, so Emmett's off the board. But I'm him, not gonna... in, um, him in a uh, – name him again? We have Giga Chikotsky, Chikotsky, right? Yeah, Chikotsky. No, no, there's another one he said. There's another. Cat, Calvin him and Cater. K- him and Cater. Yeah. Him and Cater would be. Him and Cater would be a fun fight to watch. Yeah, I would enjoy seeing that. One thing that I wanted to talk about, though, because you brought up the, like, whole excuse thing. I I know we've talked about this before, but I I don't understand when fighters try to make excuses because, like, yeah, your end goal, like, you want to be 100% for a fight. You want to, like, envision yourself being in the perfect shape, but, like, shit happens through a training camp. Like, it, that's a part of fighting. Like, you go in with, like, Knicks or, like, something's not. Yeah, you're banged not. up. Yeah, banged up. It, it's, it's what fucking happens when you push yourself during camp. So I don't get why Bryce tried thought, like, saying he was, like, sick would, like, help his case. Like, dude, you look at that Volk and Max fight, their second fight. They woke up Volk at 5 in the fucking morning to take a fucking piss test the day of his fight. And he, he didn't come out and say, like, yeah, like, I had to wake up at 5 a.m., man. Like, it really sucked. No, you, you just don't fucking say shit like that. I don't know why he would, like, come out and do that. But then again, you know, maybe he's just trying to save his stock. He don't know. I'm not in his head. But at the same I think time. I think he's upset because uh, Taporia played a fucking great bad guy. And Bryce is the good guy. Like, that's just – that's Bryce. And I think he's ups- he's butthurt that the good guy lost. And usually he doesn't, you know? Yeah. Who did Bryce call fucking, like, a real American? <laughs> he called someone in an interview. He was like, that guy's a true American. And he was, like, a Brazilian. 
He was like a Brazilian fighter. Oh yeah, uh, Brandon Moreno. Yeah. <laughs> he's like that guy's a good american man and he's from born in mexico yeah real real good one by the way um i think this needs to happen they need to have a card in mexico because there are so many up and cutting up and coming i'm pretty fighters. sure there's been like works and rumors about that yeah but Grosso, exactly. mexico is unsafe as fuck right now okay fair fair but if we were able to get it done, you have Yair Rodriguez, you have Brandon Moreno, you have Grasso, female division. Like, you have a ton of, like, either up-and-coming or, like, already, like, borderline champions. And what you could do, too, is even if they're not Mexican, if they're Hispanic, like, that Hispanic culture all supports each other to an extent. So, like, yeah. even if you threw on, like, some, like, Spaniard fighters or some, like, Cuban and Puerto Rican fighters or Dominican, like, they'll still get the love, too. Yeah. yeah That's a really awesome. good idea. We should fucking run the UFC, bro. Yeah. Julian, you want to the president and Grayson Fisher? Yeah, I guarantee you this. I would not promote slap fighting. You know? Mm. Oh yeah. no. I also wouldn't slap my wife. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I also wouldn't slap my wife. So there's two things that I did better than Nina. <laughs> God damn. But wait, I want to. Since it's up in the air already, you already presented it. I want to know. You got to give us a pretty sell us on this. Why? Why? What's up with you and the flat earth? All this flat earth talk. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I did my research. Let's hear it. Like what? <laughs> I just don't think that we're spinning around on a ball. And um, so what, do you think, of, what do you think it is? So when, when we fly to outer space and we look back at earth, what is it that we see? I don't, I don't think we ever flew out to space. So you don't think there's an outer space? I don't think that there's an outer space. So what do you think it is? Do you think it's I a think dome? that there's water up there. It's a dome. And in the Bible, it says, let their water be. I've seen water this. Be I've water seen, above. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they let there be water below. And um, I feel like that. I feel like that all the resets happen. And the water from the ocean, it goes back up and it comes down and it washes everybody out and everything out. Okay. Well, all right. And then. I'm not I'm knocking back. on you. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just asking. I just want to ask a question. Yeah. What about when you look through, a, like, the, you see the moon or you look through a, a microscope or a fucking, not a microscope. Uh, telescope. 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 And you see, like, stars and you see shit out there. Like, what? what is that? Um, I don't know, but I think, um, I think there, there, there was this, um, there was this video and, um, the guy had, like, one of those, um, really, 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 like, a $30,000 telescope. And he looked in it, and he put a camera that can that can you know what I mean that can show a video and everything, and that he said that it looked like that there were like holes on the wall or holes on the ceiling, and that there were just flashing there were just flashing lights. It didn't look like a planet or uh, a sit there and look like a star how they make it in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It looked at like all these lights, the green, blue, red lights, and they were just flashing everywhere and everywhere. Um, I don't know. So what do you think it is about when, like, all these fucking, like, space people and, like, Elon Musk and them go to fucking, they go to space? What what the fuck do you think's out there? What do you think they're going to? You ever watched, um, you ever watched Elon Musk on, um, the Jake Paul podcast? Or, um, Mm -hmm. one of those podcasts? I think it was the Nug Boys, maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, well, he was talking about that, um, he, he's gonna go to Mars and everything, but, um, he said that that wouldn't be for years, that they're only going on to the moon. And um, 
I feel like that's the reason. And you know the 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 uh, when they went to the moon, right? It was in 1969, right? Yeah. You flip all space. the numbers over. What does it give you? Six six six. You know, it's not a single picture Wait from a when they went Wait there. A Wait a second. Yeah. You flipped that. over 1969. How is that six six six? Nine six nine. I mean, that's a little of a stretch. All right. Um, I so what I've seen is and that you tell me and, that they burned, they burned every document from from there, and they never been back. They never been back. But oh shit, we never been a mile down in the ocean, and the ocean is right here. We could walk to the ocean right now. Yeah, the ocean so is been a mile the ocean. so much shit in the ocean. Nah, I'm like, scared so of the ocean. This is what I think. I think we're on the same page with this. In yeah. the Bible, it's like we're in like a ball. We're in like a this, right? And the ocean mm-hmm. covers like this. Because God said he would fill like the one hemisphere with water. And that hemisphere is like above, right? Isn't it something like that? And like they're saying like the sun yeah. is actually underneath and it's in our it's in our like entity. It's not like far away like we think. Now that's what they talk about the underworld and stuff. That the okay. that the sun goes down into the underworld. It's just like it's it. It is proven the Earth's not flat, though. I don't think so. I think it's you proven take, that, you that take, I think that they they've been take, proved that. Dude, dude, they've proven with like with with lights and fucking dots. Those two laser things. Yeah, two and they're fucking curved. It's curved, bro. There's pictures from space, bro. No, dude. No. So you think you think dude, uh, if we go then then how oh my god, that makes no sense, dude. It's like Grace hurting getting, my brain thing. Yeah, Grace is getting Grace is getting mind fucked. Sorry to, I mean I'm sorry to like bust your bubble, bro. <laughs> but like Antarctica's an ice wall. And like, you know? I do think and, I do like, I, I do have conspiracies, a lot of them. And I dude, do think Antarctica it, it's is sauce as fuck. We got these little couple lands. We got these little couple lands. These little Russia, America, China. These little couple lands that's in the middle. Just in the middle of the water. And it's just just water. And you got everybody on in, in Antarctica. And it's pictures from like 2019 in, in, in um, Antarctica that there's trees and there's life there. You know, and if you've seen pictures in Antarctica, it, the 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 sun is literally the sun. It looks so much closer. It doesn't look like it's all the way like above you. It looks like it's right there, right in front of you. You know, it's so weird. Why. You, you know? know why it's closer? Because they're why? on top, so they're closer to the sun. Because it's a fucking ball. Give away if you're on a ball, would every point be closer? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I will say this though: what my like whole conspiracy with like Antarctica is like, it's crazy how like every country is somehow like we can't agree on anything as a globe about anything, but suddenly like every government in the world is just like, yeah, you're not allowed to go to Antarctica, like yeah. ever. Can't go to Antarctica. Yeah. No one. No one's well, allowed to go there. Have you seen? That there's here. There. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna. I want to make sure I'm correct before I say my words. Yeah. Because there's 
or Grace is worried about getting doxxed by the government. My door clocks in the stove gonna disappear. Yeah, he's just like, you keep talking about fucking Antarctica, we're gonna make you disappear, just like the Antarcticians, as we call them. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine. It's best to keep our mouth shut. It's about Operation High Jump. You guys ever heard about this? Oh, God. Yeah, and right after World War II, or maybe it was during, it was either at the end of World War II or like right after it. It was very like, World War II's been going on. America was like, yo, what the fuck is Antarctica? So we sent some like general and like probably like a hundred men, not like a lot, but like enough, you know? Um, sorry. So we sent those people there. And then the guy, it's Hunter something, right? Like I've heard this Admiral, Admiral Richard Byrd. Yeah, okay. He <laughs> says he says he saw UFOs making deals with Nazi ships. And he writes yeah. about all of it in his journal. And then they're like, if if we like let them steal some of our people and shit, they won't fucking murder us and like fuck with us. Like it's like an agreement. And then it's like, uh, so what they did is they made the national parks around the world fair game. Like, if you're in a forest or you're in a national park, fair game, mailing can take you. And that's mm. why in America, the most amount of missing people come from national parks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Clocks on the Stove is going to do a camping trip at all national parks. Um, we are going to stake out and we're going to get to the bottom of this. My- what do you guys think about <laughs> this? Oh, I'm sorry, Zach, you go. I was going to say, one of my one of the shows I started watching recently just because it was so, like, at first, I watched it as a joke, but I actually got into it. Was the Tim Kennedy like chasing Nazis thing? That shit, Dude, it's good. <laughs> that, shit, that shit was like enjoyable television. I was like, yeah. holy fuck! Like this man is this man is dedicating his life to tracking down the Nazis. Like, I mean, they're paying fuck. him a lot of money too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's Tim fucking Kennedy. Like, you can, you can just ask anyone to go find. Oh, no, but did you see Nazis. in that in that in his show they find villages in Colombia and Argentina of people that look like Zach. Like pale, blue-eyed, blonde-haired people that speak German. Dog, dog, South villages. American countries. Dog, villages. Look at the Argentinian national team. They have soccer players with blonde hair and blue eyes. And you're telling me that they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm a natural-born Argentinian. Like, no, the fuck you're not. Yeah, dude. No, the fuck fuck you're crazy. not. Now, since we're on this theory, that's not even a conspiracy anymore, by the way. That's that's factual. Like, Hitler fucking flew away and they moved to South America. That's one million percent true. Um. What do you guys think about all this shit? There's a lot of shit that's happened within this past week. A lot of shit. In those two the, UFOs spotted? The spy balloon, the, the, the multiple UFOs being shot down, and the chemical breakout on the train in fucking Ohio, and then another one happening in Texas. I, okay, I, I'll, I'll start us off with this whole like biochemical hazard thing on the train um, in Ohio. The company that pretty much owned the shipment had not signed off saying that they carried any like hazardous cargo because they would have had to pay more in fees and stuff. And they were actually lobbying this past, uh, not electric cycle, but they were lobbying for like less and less background checks on trains. Like they were trying to make it so that they would not get checked for this kind of shit because they just want to keep transporting it without getting taxed for, or not having to pay certain fees to make sure the shipment was safer. Now, I just think it's weird 
how it ends up hitting a main water supply that supplies water for 25 million people that is cancerous. So like a lot of people are probably going to fucking feel some backlash for this. But then again, you know, we just kind of blew over the whole Flint, Michigan thing, even though that's kind of still going on. So maybe like we just don't give a fuck about our people to begin with. Yeah, that is crazy that something like that's happening in America. We just don't care anymore. Yeah, we just don't give a fuck. It's like we're like, and I feel like like we really might get into war. Like it really might soon like be a real war in America. Exactly. Wait, wait. I want Zach to finish. Do you have any more on that on that story? I, outside of that, I was just gonna say like, I was reading something earlier about it's like the complacency model where like, as long like you can struggle as much as you want, but so long as you survive, you're not gonna bitch about it. Like you're just unless it's well, like people the, aren't surviving this fucking. This yeah, but explosion. not enough. Yeah, but not enough. Apparently, not enough. That that's literally how it is. Just not enough. Like it's also had, weird how there's no media coverage on it at all, of at all. Maybe that's our job. I'm not trying to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what they say: the highest award in journalism is a bullet to the back of the head. So, what do you think? Is. What do you think about this situation, Julian? Because I know you've definitely done a little bit of homework on it. Uh, I think it's. I think it was all set up, probably. So you want to hear what I read? Mm. I read that the reason that all this crazy shit's happening, like the UFO shit, the balloon shit, the train shit, is because also, mind you, another thing that's not being talked about enough at all is all the Twitter execs are on fucking, they're in the Supreme Court right now getting roasted. Mm. That's been happening, and I haven't seen any coverage of that at all. You know, I've seen a couple clips, and they're just like, this is so fucking illegal what you guys got away with. None of this shit's being shown, and I heard and I read the reason why it's happening, it's like being covered up, is because they're about to drop the Epstein's flight list in the Giselle Maxwell case. So all these super fucking powerful rich fucks are just making all this crazy shit go on so that when it gets leased, it's not, it just fly right over it. Mm. You know... The one thing that I was worried about recently that I felt like hadn't been getting covered, it's like having a certain amount of like uh, produce farms, like the house chickens have just blown up or caught fire recently. Yeah, right. And then, and then suddenly just like the price of eggs is like through the fucking roof. Like personally, did I might hear, just – what were you did saying? Did you hear about the um, – it was a farmer talking about how the um, the chickens weren't eating and they weren't laying. Yes, because yes. I just the, saw this. I just saw like Karina. Yeah, it's what? like one or two main supplies, and they're both owned by this one major source named Purina. And um, every time that they were feeding the chickens, the chickens weren't eating and they weren't laying. And then when they changed the uh, the food supply to a local to a local um, breeder or to a local feeder, the um, chickens started laying again. Damn. Yeah, because yeah, I oh. another thing I was reading the food um, industry. Sorry. Yeah, the one thing I was gonna say is I was reading that. A lot of the like supply chains that are getting cut out are because they're not part of like they're independently owned, like they're not part of a bigger like conglomerate. So like they're trying to like weed it out, like they're trying to just like slowly get rid of them by like shit like that. Like they fuck up the fuck up the feeding supply. Like to be honest, how much can a local supplier feed an entire like farmhouse? They can't. They can't. they, They can't. So it's gonna fuck them at some point. Now. We may be getting too on the nose with some of these things, so maybe we need to throw in some dumb takes here or there. Because last thing I need is to wake up in a military silo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out, 
Just saying. We're gonna we're gonna a little too speculations. Okay, here. well, okay, well, we can go to real life. We can go to factual stuff. The food industry, like meat industry in America, is one of the most beyond fuck things in the world that gets no coverage to talk about ever. Yeah. And we just we breed animals to be born just to kill them, and we shove millions of chickens in a fucking ten by ten room. And just steroid them the fuck up so they give us more chicken. Like, it's so fucked. Now, am I going to quit eating meat? Absolutely not. If they're going <laughs> to do it, I like, if I stop, they're not just going to stop doing it, you know? Yeah. But it's so fucked. It's super fucked. The other thing I think is super fucked that is not a conspiracy is fucking zoos and anything that, ho- ho- anything that houses wild animals that isn't uh, re- rehabilitation. Fucked. Fucked. Yeah. It's I'm fucked. Bl- I am glad that this circus is like falling out of style. I, Dude, like Tiger people, King, Tiger King is what fucking set that off. Yeah, it set a lot of that shit off. Yeah, I'm glad that the whole like circus industry is dying because like now, when I say circus, I'm not. I do feel for like the performers and stuff, like the human performers that like train and practice that kind of stuff. But like watching a fucking bear get like slapped around with a stick just so he can stand up on its hind legs and balance yeah. the ball on its nose, like I don't, I, I'm not a big supporter of that. I kind of find that very heinous um and i'm not gonna stand by and support that now i'm not gonna also stand here stand here and act like an animal lover because i just ate a chicken quesadilla and i fucking loved every second of that shit there's a difference of eating an animal and abusing an animal there's a fucking difference yeah and and the problem is you can't sit here and tell me that if there's tigers in captivity or there's any any big cat in the captivity Oh, it's fine. They're, no, dude, those things run hundreds of miles a day in real life. And then you're putting them in 25 yards of grass. Like, that's so yeah. fucked. It's so fucked. I mean, and now, wow. listen, I understand there are certain universities and stuff that rehabilitate animals. Like, they'll find, they'll find a dude in fucking Texas that has all these tigers. They take the tigers back. They can't just let those tigers out in the wild to get fucking murked. You know, they have to train them how to do it, and then they let them back out. That is cool. But even like Bush Gardens, I don't even really fuck with that. I don't yeah. even really fuck you with that. You want roller coasters? No, I fuck with the roller coasters. I don't really I don't, fuck, I don't fuck with the fucking animals, dude. Like rhinos and shit. Mm, I don't know if I fuck with that. Yeah. yeah. Um this thing is snakes. Dude, snakes. snakes. You don't like snakes? You're scared of snakes? I don't know. I'm not really scared of them. But like, I don't know. I just don't like the way they look. Dude, I kind of like I'm kind of intrigued by snakes. I was never like from the way they move. It just yeah. But have you ever like held one and like seen it like do its thing? It's fucking cool. Yeah. Nah. Oh, I'll never. The shit that scares me is fucking gators and crocodiles. Gators. Yeah, gators. that's my biggest oh, fear. I'll take oh, a shark on before a gator, bro. Yeah. What? Dude. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Shark on before a gator. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Dude, even if you outran a gator, it can come on land. Yeah. There isn't there isn't a safe spot for you. Like it's just fucking. Oh, gonna... you climb a tree, the bitches jump like twenty feet. Yeah. Like, oh my god. I would. This though, this though. Yeah. Would you rather fight? Would you rather fight the gator on? Because if you fight a gator on land, you can almost survive. You know. Yeah. No, I'm not fighting. If you gator fight, if you fight a shark on. on if you fight a shark in this water. You're dead, bro. Yeah, but dude, the majority of sharks accidentally nip you because they think you're food. Now, there's an occasional rogue shark that's going to eat you just because it hasn't fucking eaten. But a gator will kill you just because you're near it. It'll just fu- it won't even eat you. It'll just fucking kill you. Yeah. Dude, the videos I've seen in the Everglades of just people being like, like, Florida people, like, 
like I'm a proud Floridian, but I'm not like a Florida man. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're not a Florida yeah. man. Yeah, because I've seen videos of guys literally getting into like canals with like eight foot gators and like getting up on them, like being like, so look this, at this. This is gator. making my feet tingle thinking about this. Yeah, no, like, ah, oh, dude, I could not imagine. Now, what? Thank God we don't really have crocodiles. Like we just have like kind of alligators. So, so, are- so speaking on that, there has been multiple crocodile sightings in South Florida. Yeah, within the I past year, saltwater yeah. crocodiles. That I will take on any gator, and I'll take on any shark before I ever. If I saw a fucking, if I was swimming at the beach and I saw a fucking saltwater crocodile, I would, I would. Oh my god, I'd run for my life. You can't. You're I, dead. And they're all also they're 16 feet long. You know, so yeah, that that's well, something. They're so much bigger. What you say, Julian? I'm not about to get in the water anymore because I was just yeah. at the beach like. You know, they've seen them in South Florida, and they've been they've been creeping up to Mexico. But our buddies Cam and Mateo went to Australia, and that's where they're like everywhere. And you can't even go on the beaches in Australia; like they're blocked off because you're they're like you will die. Like you can't you can't go there. And um, they were telling us that they went on like a safari for the saltwater crocodiles, and these things are so malicious; they'll kill you just to kill you, just because if you're big and you're in its territory, it's scared you'll overrun it, so it'll just kill you. And what they do is. They don't eat you right away because you're still strong and hard. There's a lot of muscle. They fucking swim you down to their like little fucking like they have like a fucking little home base thing, and they let your body rot for like weeks, and then they come and eat you. No, I, I, dude, I was reading this thing about kangaroos about how like they'll sit in a watering hole like up to like their chest and like invite you in to like come swim with them, only to drown you and kill you. It's like a very popular thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. It's like it, it's like called like a certain phrase. They fucking just look up photos like kangaroos in the water, and they're like so they're just sitting there like staring at you, and they're like they won't do anything, like they won't mind. They're just gonna yeah, kangaroos in the water. Bro, yeah, dude. kangaroos. They're actually that like sk- like deadly. Yeah, yeah. Bro, uh, look at this picture. one. Look at this. One. And he's just fucking yeah, bro, that shit's going to fuck you. <laughs> he is huge. That thing is going to... Bro, man, that motherfucker grabbing you and trying to drown you. Yeah. Apparently, they Yo, it's do a, a little funny, dogs. though. It's a little funny. It's just like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, but apparently, it's, like, really common for, like, dogs. Like, they'll... Cause, like, Literally, first thing I see, kangaroo moment, kangaroo tries to drown dog. And yep. kangaroo trying to drown dog. They just, they're warriors, man. Everything in Australia is just not to be fucked with. The spiders, not, the snakes. They're not herbivores? I think they are. I think they just want beef. I, I think they're just straight smoke. Like, they just, they don't give a fuck. Have you ever seen the video of the dude, and it's like strangling his dog, and he runs over to it? <laughs> just gives it a good Have old right hook. Julian? Yeah. The kangaroo's strangling his dog, and he just squares up, and the kangaroo squares up, and he just sticks it, and it just looks at him, and it runs away. Dude, but if that thing kicks you, you're dead. Like, if it front kicks you in the jaw, you're, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think, since we're on this topic, what do you think the the biggest and or deadliest animal you think, Julian, you could take with your hands? And now, I'm not talking about, like, oh, you could just destroy it. No, no, like, like, you can go to war with it and, like, almost die, but you would win, and you would be the one that's alive and not it. I 
I feel like me and a, I feel like me and one of those ostrich, like me and me and an ostrich, like I'll bro, fight you that. Better thing be to able to death. fuck up an ostrich. They're like huge pussies. I'll fight that thing to the death, bro. Dude, the entire continent of Australia lost a war with them. <laughs> wait, wait, fuck, wait, what? I don't know this. You didn't know this? No. Australia went to war against emus and lost. And when lost. was this? Tell, give me, give me the rundown. All right, all right. I'm just gonna look up Australia emus. Uh, Australia war <laughs> on emus. Yeah, here it is. It's the first thing that pops up. Also known as the Great Emu War, uh, take place in 1932. It was a military operation that tried to like dim down the like population of them, and they fucking lost. So I'm trying to find out like how like they technically. So what happened was is all these emus were eating all the wheat crops. Like they were destroying pretty much the food for the fucking continent of Australia. So they were like, all right, we got to go out and we got to kill all these emus. Well, it turns out there's 20,000 emus that were like mobilized and just beat the shit out of they all were those like, farmers. Fuck you. Yeah. So apparently the minister of defense sent out a bunch of ex-soldiers to like take them down. And they wasted 10,000 rounds of ammunition and ran out of ammo, and the emus fucked them up. Were these things just like fucking I don't know. the bullets? I, I don't know, but if 10,000 rounds couldn't take out fucking 100 emus, we're fucked. We're fucked. We're, we're getting wiped. <sighs> Kevin Hart said it.